This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome to the Chabura or Yitzchak Hashas Vo'era. Almost the month of Shvat. Okay, we're going back a little bit to Pasha Shmos. It's something that I want to learn about. Um, the relationship between Moshe Abenu and Aaron Akayan, his brother. And how Moshe, okay, we'll see from inside. Anyway, in, in Shirashirim, Periches, Pasigalov, Kleisrol, um, Kleisrol is talking to Hashem. And the Medrashtam Chuma says, Dava Acher, Akash Baruch said to Moshe Abedo, last week's Pasha, Lech Likras to Aaron, to Aaron Akayin, Lech Likras Moshe Hamid Barah, go to the Midbar, go to the desert, and meet Moshe Abedo. So the Medrashtam Chuma says, are we doing, uh, what's it called? Kalashim? We have a technical break for a second for Kalashim. And some water. Good. And some more water. We'll add to our water. Mayim Chaim. We're waiting for a second just to get on. For all the people who don't have internet, Baruch Hashem, and want to listen to the Shir on their phones. So we have to wait. Just in time. Okay? Good, okay. So, so it says, so Kleisrol is talking to Hashem in Perechess, Pasig Aleph. It says, Mi itencha ka'achli. Um, we say to Hashem, if only you could be a brother to me. Okay? We're saying to HaKosh Baruch Hu, the last per- the Perech, in Shirashirim, we wish, we wish, oh, Yakush Barucho, if you could just be a brother to me, to nurse together with me from my mother, and I will find you on the outside, I will kiss, kiss you, because you will not embarrass me. Okay? So, the Medjitan Chuma is asking, what brother? If you could only be, a brother to me. Which brother do we want Hashem to be? Right? Doesn't say which brother. So here goes the message on Kuma. Yisrael Aimri Lufni Akash Baruch Hu. Mi Tenka Achali. We wish you would be like a brother to us. Says the message on Kuma. We got a problem. At Mitzi, we find Kol Achim Sainim says that all the brothers in the Torah don't get along with each other. So you're telling Hashem, I want you to be a brother. I want you to be. A brother to me, what are you talking about? Kain Shayna Hevel. Kain hated Hevel. So we definitely don't want to be that kind of brother. Like it says, Vayakam Kain al Hevelachim. Yishmael Shayna Liyitzchot. Yishmael hated Yitzchot. As it says, Vatera Saras Ben Hagam Mitras. And Mitzachik Ela Shabikesh Lahaga. He wanted to kill him. Esav Shayna Liyakov. Esav hated Yaakov. Vayom Esav Belibay. Shvatim, son of Yosef. So like, he's telling Hashem, I want you to be like my brother, my bro, with the bros in the Torah, I'm not getting along with each other. 
Right? It's sort of like I tell my girls sometimes, when you say Avinu Malkenu, if you don't get along with your father, that's not a good thing to say, Hashem, you're my father. If you feel that your father's abusive or dysfunctional, you don't want to call Hashem abusive and dysfunctional. Right? So maybe before you say Avinu Malkenu, you have to fix your relationship. So it says, So what brother is Klai Yisrael saying? Hashem, we want you to be our brother. All the brothers don't get along with each other. There are two brothers, there are two brothers that get along very well, that we need to learn brotherhood from. And who are they? Wrong. What? Wrong. Right. You're right, but yes, we never got along, but their normal brothers had nothing between them. But Aaron and Moshe had a reason not to like each other. Not only did they love each other, right? They honored each other, loved each other. How do we know this? When Moshe got, became the king, became the leader. But Aaron is like, and Aaron became the Kohen Gadol, they didn't hate each other. Because really, Moshe wanted the Kahuna, we know. He did the, the Shmoni Meimuluim, but that was it. It bothered him very much, he didn't have it. And Aaron was the older brother. Right? Nope. They were actually happy for each other. You should know. When Hashem told Moshe, this is very important because I always learned this wrong. And you see, you prepare Shir and you learn that you made some mistakes. Right? I always learn, well, you see. <laughs> so he says, when Hashem wanted to say, Moshe, and Moshe said, Right? That Moshe said, send, um, who you usually, send the one that you usually send, send Aaron. So after they went back seven times, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, Hashem said, don't worry, I'm with you, I'm in you, I'm in your mouth, I'm in your trouble. It's gonna be not your It's gonna be unbelievable. Moshe said, no, don't want it. Send with the one you always send, send Aaron, I can't talk, right? We all think that the reason that he wanted Aaron to go was because he did not want to go. Because he couldn't speak. Remember, I always give these classes on, he's going to speak, and no one's going to listen to me. Right? So we think that finally after seven times, Moshe still doesn't want to go because he's, he has low self-esteem because he, he stutters. Right? We spoke about that for many years. I, I disagree. I disagree. It's not the reason. Ain't no Cain. That's not the reason. Ella, Aaron. He didn't want to go because he, he wanted to give cover to Aaron. The reason he didn't want to go was not because he could not speak, it was because he wanted to give cover to Aaron. Until Hashem, you made me something. Who was the Navi in Mitzrayim? Until now, before you told me to go down to Mitzrayim. Who was the one that was saying the Vias in Mitzrayim for 80 years? It was Aaron. Because Moshe wasn't in Mitzrayim. He was like, I don't want to go because 
Uh, he's, the, he's the one who's saying the Nevi'is. He's in Mitzrayim. Now I'm going to come, come along. It's not fair to my brother. That's why he didn't want to go. Not because he couldn't talk, all of extreme, all that other stuff. It's a medish of humor. I thought because he, he didn't think he was worthy. No. He's saying wrong. Ella kimachabed la'aron. He did it because of color for Aaron. Amar Moshe, Atzloi Mariti. Until you chose me, Hayaron Achim Misnabachim Mitzrayim Shmoyin Shana. He was the one that was that was talking Nevius for eighty years. As it says in as it says in the pasuk in Yecheskel, Bivadol Hameres Mitzrayim. And I made myself known to the, to them in the land of Mitzrayim. How did Hashem make himself known in the land of Mitzrayim? Aaron Aaron was there for eighty years, and he and 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 he was saying Nevius. How do you know he was saying the Vias? How do we know that Aaron was saying the Vias in Mitzrayim? Okay. We see by Eli the same Russian was used. Eli was a Koyan, Aaron was a Koyan. Now, Amar Moshe, Moshe Benu said, All these years that I was in the desert and I was in Ethiopia, my brother was the one that was saying the Nevius in Mitzrayim. Actually, I need Nichnas b'tichuma shalavi v'yemetzer, and now um, you want me to go into my brother's domain. V'hayemetzer, he's going to be very upset. I can't go step on my brother's toes. He's the he he he's the navi in Mitzrayim, so he's going to be very upset. That's why he didn't want to go. We have to learn more. So Moshe said to Moshe, I don't want to go. I'm not treading on my brother's feet. So Hashem said to Moshe, You don't know your brother. I know a person's heart. You don't know a person's heart. Your brother doesn't care at all. This is my whole shit tonight. You, you are coming to me and saying that if you make me the leader, it's going to make sir, it's going to pain my brother, right? It's going to pain my brother. Hashem says, not only I'm telling you that, okay, it doesn't bother me, it's okay, go ahead. You want to dive in? You want to be the rabbi? You want to run the class? You want it's okay, I don't mind. It's all right. I don't care. Hashem says, no, no, no. I was on a whole different level. Not only he's not going to be upset, he's going to be happy for you. So it's a different level. It's a different level. Listen, you want to take, you want to do this? Okay, even though I'm doing it till now, you know, like, um, I buy Neiris. So every year I buy Neiris in Landau's, whatever, and Shemr Shabbos I try to buy. One year a guy came, and I wasn't here, and he outbid me, and he grabbed it from me, and I said to the, said to the guy, I understand, I, I buy it every, like, what, 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 didn't you tell this guy, like, whatever. I was very upset that someone else got Neros, and I didn't get Neros. Now, if I was a real tzaddik, I would be upset. He wants to have Neros, he should also have Neros. I'm not gonna have Neros this year, so he'll have Neros this year, I don't really care, I'm okay, I'll buy it somewhere else. That's a very, very tough to get to that level. But to say, I am so happy that someone else got Neros. Wow, amazing for him. And I really mean it? That's crazy. That's breaking your, your, yourself. It's breaking your midos. It's breaking who you are. It's the pieces. It's, 
If you're a good guy, it's like, okay, it doesn't bother me. It's all right. You want to sit in my seat? It's fine. You want to sit in my seat? It's okay. I am so happy that you're occupying my seat today by dominating, and I don't have my mucking kabua, but you're there. That is amazing. I am so excited. Wow, what do you want, man? Right? But that's where Moshe Rabbeinu was. And Hashem, there's no game. Hashem knows what's in Aaron's heart. Aaron built himself into a person that he was misameach to see someone being chosen over him. When you have that midah, then you can become Oyev Shalom or Oyev Shalom. Then you can put people together. Then if you have that midah that you can actually be happy for someone else even though he is taking away your position, then you can make peace between people. You could you could do anything. You know, you get invited to weddings, pain in the neck. I have three weddings tonight. One's in Lakewood. Oh, come on. So what do you do? You write back on the card. I have a previous engagement. You know, maybe you'll send a check in there. Maybe you won't put a check in there. But who wants to go to weddings today? Nobody wants to go to weddings. Leave me alone. It's raining outside. I want to go to sleep. I work hard all day. I don't want to go to weddings. To be happy? To be like, I got to go to this wedding. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. There's a human. I'm not married. I'm, I'm a single guy. I'm not talking about myself. Right? I'm, I'm a single guy. I'm not married. I'm miserable. I'm 45 years old. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I'm ever going to get married, right? It's okay that other people get married. It's all right. You know what I mean? People have a right to get married. Okay, that's pretty good when you're in pain. But like, I got to go to the wedding. I am so happy that someone else is happy. That makes me so happy that someone else is happy. Wow. Especially if it was a girl you were going out with, and she said no after 10 dates, and now he's marrying her. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine going to that wedding and saying like, I am so happy for him that he got her, but I wanted to marry her. Why? You got to be so ice garbage. You got you got to work on yourself so much, my girl. You're not going to that wedding, guys. You're not going to that wedding. You're making up any excuse. You don't want to see her underneath the chuppah with him. What are you talking about? Eight times that she dropped me. I thought I was finally going to get married. So you know what? It's okay. I understand. Hashem has His ways. I'll just go, I'll say Mazel Tov, you know, because he's my friend, whatever, and then I'm going to get out of there. That's normal. That's even above normal, because most guys are like, I'm not going. Going, everyone's going to look at me, and everyone's going to say at the wedding, I'm going by you, right? I've been hearing it for the last 30 years. I'm 50, and everyone by you, and by you, and it's not by me, it's by you, it's not by me. Right? And imagine a guy goes to the wedding, he's dancing his brains off, he's like so... Happy that there's a girl and a guy that's married. He's my friend and he's married. Even though he's marrying my girl that I thought I was going to get engaged to. And then she just dropped me like, wow. That was Aaron Akayan. 80 years. He's the Navi. His brother's out in, in the desert. He's not the like, therapist. Aaron's a therapist. He's running around with Tryon, right? Because he was a lady. So he didn't have to do that. Either. He's running around with Tryon. Can I help you? Can I help you? Show them bias. What can I do for you? Can I help you? He's killing himself for 80 years for the Jews. Part of sitting up there in Midian. It has nothing to do with Mitzrayim. And all of a sudden, Hashem's like, 
Hi, Aaron, how you doing? How's the Nevis and Mitzrayim? How's it going to take care of all my Jews? Guess what? You're out! Your brother's in! He's like, what? Says the Medrash Tachum, and know what? He's like, yes! Moshe's going to be the new... Wow, I'm so excited for him! That's not normal. So in, 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 in Shirashirim, we're saying, I need that relationship with you, Hashem. I want you to be that kind of brother. And I want to be that kind of brother to you. I want to be that kind of brother. It doesn't matter. Put me here, put me there, take me out. There. Whatever you do, I love you. I'm excited about it. We don't understand who Aaron Akai was. So, okay, you want my younger brother he was, who's not in the politics at all? He just come out, coming out. Like, like I wish I would say, like, uh, exactly who, what does he understand about the pain of, of the Jews in Mitzrayim? He hasn't been there. And when he was there, guys, he was the prince of Egypt. Like, what does this boy understand? How are you making him a leader of people that are in pain when he hasn't been in pain? The minute he came out, yeah, he tried to kill him and he ran away. So the three, the few years he was in Mitzrayim, he was living in the castle. He was, he was, he was driving a Ferrari. He was in a, he was a king. He was a prince of Egypt. Now the prince of Egypt had to run away. He's gone. He hasn't been in Mitzrayim. I'm the guy in the trenches, man. I'm the one who's working with the kids that are off the derech. So you come in from who knows where? Ethiopia? And you're like, Okay, I'm gonna, I'm taking over. What is this going on over here? So the godless of this Medrashtan Chuma, when I learned it, first time I'm speaking about this, I learned it this week, godless Medrashtan Chuma, to try to understand that Aaron is coming out of a triumph, he's working for 80 years, and he doesn't get the job, he doesn't get the Presidente job, he gets the number two job. He's working, he's working, he's working, and all of a sudden his brother, who's three years younger than him, with no experience, Shalom Aleichem. So, to even agree, to even say like, listen, you're God, I'm okay. I'm a Kabel. A lot of people tell me like, they're all saying, I'm a Kabel. I accept it like they have a choice. Like, okay, don't accept it. What's going to happen, right? What, you don't have a choice, right? I'm a Kabel. He's not a Kabel. He's like, dancing. I'm not a Kabel. I'm a Sameach. That was our claim. We're not done. Okay? Because Moshe Abenu, on the other hand, he wanted the kahuna. So, you should know, Sheenu Meitzar, he's not a pay, comes from the word tsar, Meitzar comes from the word tsar. Eloi Tzemeach, Teid Alecha, Sha'amalo, right? Begam Hinehu Yoytei Lukrasecha, that he's going to meet you, says Hashem to Moshe Abenu. Beroacha, and he's going to see you, because they haven't seen each other for a very long time, the Samach Belibo. In fact, Aaron asked him, what were you doing all these years? Samach Belibo is going to be happy. Ain't no I'm ever Samach Bepiv. Hashem didn't say that in the Pasuk, that he's going to be happy in his mouth. Oh, I'm so happy for you, that you have the job. That, 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 that doesn't mean you feel it in your heart. God, God's not talking about what's coming out of your mouth. God say no. I know Aaron's feelings. But not the samach b'piv. The samach the samach b'vad. Not just he's going to be happy. El samach b'liboy. He's going to be happy in his heart. Let's see. I underline this now. Amar Rav Shimon Bar Yechai. 
It's always good to learn something from Rabshim by Echai. Halev Shishtamach Vigdulaz Aviv, the heart that rejoiced with the, with the, with his brother's greatness. Listen to the word war, like Kishbaruchu, saw that Aaron's heart when he said, you don't have the job anymore, Aaron, you're not the leader, sorry. Your brother who's younger than you, he's the leader who has no experience, I'm making him the leader, right? Hashem really saw that in Aaron's heart, he became very happy, so Hashem rewarded him. What did he do? Yavach v'yismach v'yilbush urmatumim. Hashem gave the Kayin Gadol, Aaron HaKayin, the Kayin Gadol, to wear on his, in the Choshen, in the back of the Choshen, the Urim V'tumim. Shenema, v'nesata, ala Choshen HaMishpat, that's the Urim V'tumim. The Hayu, says the Pasuk in Shemos, where? Where? Alev Aaron. You, misameach in your heart, you went against the normal human midah, you were happy that your brother got something that you really deserved, Therefore, I'm going to reward your heart. In your heart, on your heart is the Choshen, and in the Choshen is the Urim V'tumim, and I will speak to you, Aaron, through the Urim V'tumim. Right? So, when he said, he's, he's going to, he, he said to Moshe, so that's where Moshe, Kibal Olav Leilech. That's where Moshe said, okay, now I'll go. The whole thing that he didn't go was not based on that he couldn't talk, Low self-esteem, or he didn't believe in himself, or Klai wouldn't listen to him. He did not want to hurt his brother. Hashem said, I know your brother, I'm God. I know your brother's heart. Not only is he agreeable that you should be the leader, but he's actually misameach. So then, right away, he said, I'll go. Miyad, immediately, Nigla Kajbarachu Aaron, Kajbarachu revealed himself to Aaron, Bo'emalach, Lech Likras Moshe, Go meet Moshe. And therefore, that's what it says in the Pasik. And talk of what happened. When they met, when they met on the mountain of Akash the two of them met. Aaron went and met him, and Aaron gave him a big kiss. That is a very high, high, high level. And it says that Moshe Rabbeinu, who wanted to work in the Mishkan, to do the Avaida, he only got the Shmodizim, the, the, the eight days of Milim. Um, he also, he wanted that, and he had, no, he was also Misameach, that Aaron was a Kohen Gadol. Okay, now listen to this, Medjish Tachumah. This you're gonna like. I mean, you like that one also, but this one you're gonna like. Where does it say this? Over here, where he meets. Yeah, this is the story. Amar of Chia Barava. Yoim Puzbutya Shalparo Hoya. It was the birthday, um, it was the birthday of Paro. Why you call him a lachim bayim? All the kings came to his party, to his birthday. And each king brought a crown to put on, um, to put on his head. He was the dictator who ruled all, all of the kings. Um, after they crowned him, Moshe and Aaron were standing outside. They had come from Hashem. 
to tell Paro on his birthday, after he's being crowned, that he has to let Klai roll out. Can you imagine a better day than that? Listen to this story. Okay. Nichnesu Mishosavalov. So the king's apprentices, his servants came to him. There's two old people, Moshe and Aaron, waiting by the door. They're waiting to come in. Amalan, Yesh Biyadamatarais. Do the two men have crowns in their hands? Right? Amaloy Lab. Nope. These two, everyone came with a crown for him. These two didn't have crowns. Amalan, Bachweni Yukonsu. Then let them in last. Finally, they got to stand in front of Paro. What can I do for you? Because on the birthday of a king, he gives, gives whatever you want. They said to Paro, The king, the God of the Jews have sent us to you with a message. Let them send out my, my children and let them work, let them serve me. Who is this God that I should listen? Paro said that to his voice. And this God didn't know that on my birthday he's supposed to send me a crown? Yeah. How full of himself he was. Who's this God? And how dare he not send me a crown? What about them, boy? You just came to me with words? No presents? Like, what's up? I'm sorry, I don't know this God. Omar of Levi, Rav Levi says, at that moment, he took out his scroll with a list of gods. He began to read, power began to read. Elokai Edom, Elokai Moav, Elokai Tzidon, and he went through all of them. Amalehem, I went through all my names. And I don't have your God's name. He's not on the invited guest list. I don't have this person. Rablevi says, Let me give you a marshal to how stupid this power is that he didn't have Hashem's name amongst his book of names. There was a Kayin once who had a servant that was a stupid servant. The coin left, right? Left the country. So the, the servant didn't know that he left, so he went to look for him. Where did he look for him? In the graveyard. You're not going to find a coin in the graveyard, you silly Evan. He began to bother people that were standing there. Did you see my Rebbe? My, my master anywhere? Fool. Who? Isn't your master a Kayin? Amalem Yein. Yeah, he's a Kayin. Amalo Shaita. Idiot. Umira Kayin Beisak Boris. What are you looking for a Kayin in a graveyard? Kachamalem Aishraim Leparoi. Shaita, you fool. Elokais Elushato Aymen Mesimheim. The gods that you have in your book, they're not real gods, they're dead. Amalem Hashem Elokim Emes. You're not going to find them in your book of dead gods. Our God is the truth. Who Elokim Chaimam Elochayim? He's alive. He's a king forever. Looking for the king in all the wrong places is such a song. A little different, but... Right? They were looking for the king, looking for God in all the wrong places. A new song. Amalem Paro. Paro said to him, 
Bachuhu, is he a young god? Or Zakenhu, or is he an old god? Kamash Noisav. How, how, how old is he? Kamamadina is Kavash. How many countries did he capture? How many cities did he capture? How long is he sitting on the throne? He wanted details of, the, of, of God. Amulo, what are you talking about? Moshe and Aaron said to him, His strength and power fills the world. He was before the world and he's here to until the end of the world. You ask me, how long is he king? He created you. And he gave you life, the Italian Paro. What does he do? What, what does your God do for a living? He do for a living. He spreads the heavens and the land. And he establishes the earth. He breaks down mountains. And he shatters rocks. His his bow is of fire. His arrows are flames. His spear is a torch. His shields are clouds. His, his um, sword is lightning. He created mountains and hills. He covers the heavens in, in clouds. He brings rain and dew. He causes vegetation. They give him a whole class here. Causes vegetations to flourish and fruits to grow. For Onechayos, and he answers the cries of women in pregnancy. He creates the the uba, the the fetus in the in the mother's womb. We would and he brings him into the world. He deposes kings, he destroys kings, and he makes kings. He says the whole thing's a lie. Says Paro. How do I know it's a lie? This sounds a little bit like someone that we know. Pyro has a couple of his attributes. Without saying any names. You know why? He says, How do I know that you're a bunch of liars? Because I'm God. So how can he be God if I'm God? Barasi me. I created myself. The Esnailis, and I created the Nile River. Shanamalak, it says, he said, The Nile is mine, and I and I created it. So, we got a problem here. Pilate's telling everyone that he's God, and Moshe Rabbeinu's coming and saying there is a different God. Amulo! No, Moshe Shah. That moment, so Paro said, you know what? Maybe I don't know your God, but let me gather all my advisors, all my smart, my smart people, and maybe they heard of them. They heard, listen to this, we have heard that he is a son of the wise and ancient king. The Holy One blesses he. So they said, they heard this name, but he's not God. 
He's like a son of God. Really. You guys in Mitzrayim call, your pe- call yourself the wise people. And me you're calling the, ch- the child of, 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 of Chachamim? Hashem said, I am going to take away all your wisdom. That they gave him all the wrong advice after that. Okay. So then he said, Who is this God that you say, that you're talking about, that I should listen to his voice? Russia. You, 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 you're asking... Who is this? Who is this God? That's what you're asking. Okay, I'll sh- I'll show you already. Mi Hashem, Mi I'll show you who's going to whack you. Me, when he says the word Mi Hashem, who is this God? Me equals fifty. It comes to the gematria fifty. These are the fifty makos that Hashem brought to the Mitzrayim in Mitzrayim until the Chatumim. All these smart guys said Etzbalikimu. It's the finger of Akash Baruch Hu. So in the end, they found out very well who this Akash Baruch Hu was. But his power's downfall was that he made himself to a God, even though he was not a God, right? Because we know that he, I, I saw two different Pshatim this week when I learned. One is he went to the Nile to go to the bathroom. And what he did is he actually went in the Nile. So he went into the Nile to make believe he was bathing, and then in the Nile he would go to the bathroom, so there was no way that anybody could see him going to the bathroom. He did it actually in the Nile. And so someone else said he had, I'm sure you looked at this as a kid, they had a bathroom somewhere hidden in the palace. But that doesn't make so much sense because he could get caught. He didn't think he could get caught, but he could get caught. Well, he knew he wasn't a guard. He knew he didn't make the Nile. Of course he knew. But you know what? Sometimes I was involved in a case where a kid lied, believed so much in their lie that they busted a lie detector test. In other words, the lie detector test showed that they were telling the truth. They believed so much of what they were saying that their body believed it, their mind believed it. So when they lied, the lie detector test didn't even pick it up. So Paro, maybe after a while, actually, well, he could because he went to the, he had to go to the bathroom every day or two. But actually, in his mind, he thought that um, that what's it called that he was uh, that he was a god. You can talk that into yourself, yeah, hundred percent. Now, what? Bill was his was his buddy. Do you mean did Bill know that he went to the bathroom? I'm sure Bill was. Didn't he know at that point who God was? I don't know. That came later. I'm not sure. You were saying he's one of his advisors, why didn't he say? So it could be the Bill was the one that said, "I heard the name, but he's not the he's not the top. He's like you know, he's like God's." Son, or or like underneath him. You're asking a good question because Bilam was. I don't know if he was. You know, when he came in with Yisro, he was an advisor, so he was, he should have said, "I do know God." As big as Moshe was, so was Bilam. That was the whole idea. So. Bilam was t- within the Tumah. 
I don't know if Bilam was the time of the Makkas. He must have been. Unless he left Mitzrayim away. His son was a Melech in Kush somewhere. Lest he left Mitzrayim because Bilam should have been able to also pull some of these miracles, these, 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 uh, Makos off. He had crazy Kayach. He had Kayach We learned something very interesting today. We're gonna to learn, again, it's my safe for that. We learned about, the about the, uh, Zev, about the werewolf. So he talks about the frogs and he says they were not frogs. They were crocodiles. I'm gonna read it to you from inside. But that they were not frogs, that they were crocodiles. And then he talks about, he talks about the octopus also, very interesting, interesting stuff. So he says the following. Um, I'm not gonna read you everything he says. Were the were the were the were the frogs some type of destructive um, thing called the crocodile. In the Rishayim, there's machloek as to what they were. Ladasa Evan Ezra, Evan Ezra. It is a uh, a species that lives in the rivers of the world. Shemekarkarim umashmiyim kol. They make a lot of noise. Yeah, Rabbi says that the Tzfadim were crocodiles. That they leave the. This just happened in Disney last year. That they come out of the. They come out of the river. They grab humans. They swallow them. That rock by your art, Tishana, it should stay in the rivers. Whatever, crocodile. That's where it goes up. There are, by the way, there are Nile crocodiles. They are. I saw them in Israel. They come out on the the banks of the river, Ubaila, Mashamaisi, they swallow what they find. Shnayim or Shleshabinayadam Yaka, they could they could swallow three people at one time. The Ain Shultin Bagufa Khanas Fakitsim. And you can't pierce its skin, right, alligator skin, with with uh, just a bow a bow and arrow. And the Kanul Tukoya Bivitna, yeah this yeah, this this is so true. Abinabachya, if you want to kill it you have to get it from its belly. The crocodile alligator's belly is soft. That's where you have to shoot it. That's where you have to kill it. It has some kind of poison. He agrees. They would leave the Nile to look to eat. When the water dried up in Makasdam. So the they went onto the dry land to eat. And today they still do it. They leave the Nile. They're called Nile crocodiles. Yeah, 
And it's still they have a whole crocodile zoo there there. The Nile. And they kill people and animals. Then when the market came, there were many of them. And they came because of the Xerah Hashem. And they went into the whole land of the Triangle. And they, they ripped people apart. Listen to this. They went into the house, in the rooms, looking for kids, who couldn't get away from them. And if you want to look up more about it, the Amek Adover brings it down. Wow. Okay. Then he says, I think I learned this a few years ago, the Tana Debeil of Yahu says that Sfadeya has the word Tzipar in it, right? Tzadik Pei Vavresh, right? Shiesh Pei Deya, it helps, why is it called Sfadeya? Shnatana Kosh Bokhus Adeya Deya Hazman Atzipar Amlishtais. That Kiatipum Vesma Gaiva, the birds fly very high. Well, you Tamea, they're very thirsty. They can't find water. And the, uh, the Tzvadea, it, uh, what's the noise it makes? Ribbit, right? So they, they make these loud noises. When the birds hear the loud noises, they know that these are, these are frogs. And the frogs are by water, so they come swooping down into the water. So it's Tzipar Dea. It lets the bird know where the water is. That's why it's called Sfardea. That's where it got the name from. So this, this is not that it was crocodiles. This holds that it was frogs. And that's where they got the name from. Oh, very cool. The Maral says, the Maril says, in the name of the Marash, that's called Sfardea, Tsipardea, that it knows when morning is, that a whole night it makes noise, and in the morning it's quiet, like a cricket. Cricket a whole night makes noise, and in the morning you don't hear them. Wow. Okay. So according to him, he brings down many riots that it's Fadea, uh, what's it called? It's Fadea was a crocodile. Now, there's another thing I want to tell you. It says the only time of all the ten Makos, it says, Vayetze Moshe Ba'arim in Paro, they left Paro, Vayitzak Moshe Lashem, and Moshe screamed to God, Advar Tzvadim Hashem the Paro, to remove the, you know, Paro, to remove the frogs. Ask the Sif Sechachamim, by every other Maka, the other nine, it says, Vayetza Moshe Lashem. Prayer is the word vayeta. Yitzhak's not prayer. Yitzhak is screaming. So why by the frogs did he scream? And by all the other mockers does he daven? When you daven, your ears very low have to hear the words from your mouth. Baruch atah Hashem. Right? I say hear the words, not... And there's nothing, no sound coming out. So, halacha, misbalot, chokhlishmi, alaznov. A person with davens 
has to hear what comes out of mouth. The kana is so I'm trying to think the Rashi Bishamo, but here the frogs were ribbiting like crazy and making a crazy noise, which also made them nuts, made the mitzvah nuts, all the noise that they were making. Hit the chalam, come with the lossai. So when he daven, he had to scream so he could hear his own words. So here it doesn't say vayeta, here it says vayitzah. You guys are sleeping tonight. What's going on with you? you? Did you realize that it says vayeta all the time? And here it doesn't? Huh? No, you didn't. Okay. Now let's go to the chidah and then we will let you guys go. I'll tell you a story. So we're talking about animals now. This is very interesting here. My Aro says that they went upstairs and they, um, they went upstairs and they locked their doors so that the animals could not get in. Listen to this. So he says here, there is a fish, there is a, an animal that lives in the water that looks a little bit like a human. And Hashem sent them in. I know exactly what the animal is. Let me try to find it. Where's, oh, it's a bow. It's a bow. Not a bow. A bow. Wow. It's here by Arov. Anyway, the bottom line is, you know what it was? Hello. You know what Hashem sent? It says it has 10 foot arms. And a lot of them. It was an octopus. And Hashem took the octopuses out of the water. And they would go on land. And then they would go onto the house on top. And then they would put its arms through the windows. And would open all the doors. He says he took him out of the he took him out of the water. He says he looks a little bit like a person. That puts his eyes, whatever. Uh, I don't see where it says it here. I'd like to read it to you from inside. I don't see it. I don't see it. Anyway, so there's a lot of stuff going. There was a lot of stuff going on here. Oh, uh huh. Kasev b'sefer Yasha. When the Mitzrayim saw in the beginning that the animals were coming, they closed their gates, they closed their windows, and they thought that would save them. Hashem brought from the ocean type of creation, looks a little bit like a human being. And they have many hands that are very long. Esther Amos 20 feet long. They went on the roof. They, they sent down their hands, like an octopus, sent down his hands, and tentacles it's called, and they opened up all the doors. So pretty much, all of God's creations, um, all of God's creations, came into Mitzrayim and just wiped them out. Lice, Arrive, crocodiles, just you name it. And still, and still, they, they, were, they, they didn't want to let the Jews out. He still hardened his heart, they didn't want to let the Jews out. At the end of the day, they were, they, they were Mitriam, and we were Alvadim, and they, we were their workforce, by the way. I think that was one of the reasons, also, we were their workforce. Um, because they were, they were scared of an internal revolution. But at the end of the day, if they get rid of all, so then send us out. They always ask Akasha. 
she's scared of an internal revolution, so make a fence and send them to the other side of the fence, right? Somebody else has that idea. Get them out. But they were the workforce. So you get rid of all Klai Israel, you don't have any workforce. So they didn't want to leave, they didn't want to let, they didn't want to let us go out. Anyway, so I'm having a discussion with a girl this week. And her parents are there, whatever it is, and she's wearing short skirts. And we got into this whole discussion of sneers, which I don't like to get into a discussion about, because I'm a man, and I don't like to talk about women's sneers. Whatever it is, and she was like, if Hashem created me beautiful, and he made me beautiful, so, so why can't I show that off? Because if he didn't want me to show it off, then why did he make me beautiful? Huh? To love the shikasha. So her parents are sitting there like, help. I'm like, you think Hashem made us beautiful? We are by far the ugliest animal that he ever created. If you would take a person without clothes and put him in a zoo in a cage, there's not one animal that will look at him. We don't have fur. We don't have spots. We don't have stripes. We are downright ugly. In fact, when we, the first time we ever got to see ourselves, we immediately reacted by covering up. Immediately. And not only that, Hashem said, I'm going to make you clothing. Because a human being is not a beautiful animal at all. A skunk is prettier. A skunk has a white, oh, nice, if it didn't stink, right? It has black and then a nice white fur down the middle. It's a pelt, right? Right, right? Like, you know, we're not a beautiful, I said to her, you're not, you think that our body is not a beautiful body. We don't, if you don't have fur, animals don't get dressed. Animals run around the world, they don't get dressed. You go to a zoo, beautiful, a seal of this or that, the skin, the colors, a tiger. It's beautiful, a lion, it's coat, right? We're ugly. They had a, in one of the, one of the, a few years ago, one of the museums, so they had this thing about the human body. So on all the buses, they had like human bodies peeled off the skin, what it looks like. You could throw up. You're standing at, you know, you just had a pizza on Avenue J, then you looked at that, you're like, there goes the pizza, right? So I said to her, our beauty is the opposite of an animal. An animal has no beauty on the inside. The inside, we have for lamb chops and steak and burgers and franks. The inside of an animal, it has no beautiful on the inside. The beauty of an animal is it's outside. Beautiful dog, beautiful cat. You know, they're, they're beautiful. But inside they're nothing. The human being is a step above. The beauty of a human being is what's inside, not what's outside. If, if the, it was the other way around and animals had to go to a zoo, they would never come to look at us. They would go the first time, vomit, and never come back. We're like, what's that? What is that? That's ugly. So, I said to her, your beauty is what's going on inside. And the more you show the beauty of the outside, which is the animal, because the animal is uncovered, the less the human part, the, the, the kedusha of who you are, you know, of your personality, of who you are, who, what makes you tick, and what, what, your sensitivities and all these things that animals don't have, that we have. So Akhajabaru said, I didn't create you beautiful. Physically you're not beautiful. You're not. 
You're not fast. You can't outrun a lion. You can't outrun a bear. You're not fast. You're not beautiful. You're not, as a person, a person's body is beautiful. Because it's Tzirat Hashem. Your arm is beautiful because you can put tefillin on it. A person's body is beautiful because of the neshama that's in that body and that body serves together with the neshama. That is what makes the human being's body beautiful. Therefore, if you go to a big tzaddik and you see this glow, right? Not a physical beauty that his nose is perfect and his eyebrows are perfect and he has high cheeks and a cleft chin. That's not what the guttle has. You look at him and you look at a beautiful person because when the goof becomes one with the neshama, then the glow of the neshama, which is hidden by the goof, starts to come out through the goof. And that's what gives, that's why when you look at a tzaddik, there's a certain, there's a certain beauty in the tzaddik, just the opposite. I gave this here many years ago, we talked about this. This guy, how did I get to this point? Because I'm ADD and we talked about animals. And alright, so now we talked about a zoo and we talked about this whole thing. But I talked about this many years ago and I, this is what I said to her. This happened yesterday. I said, let me try to explain to you with a marshal because that's the best way you get it. So there's this guy and he, and he built the most beautiful, beautiful mansion. And he really wanted to impress people. So he went to an art gallery in France and he bought a painting that was millions and millions and millions of dollars a Picasso a Rembrandt whatever it was a gorgeous multi-million dollar painting and he wanted that when you come into the house like such a wall that painting is on that wall it wasn't a big painting you know the Mona Lisa the Mona Lisa is this big you know that that's it there are some billion, multi-million dollar paintings. They're very small. There's also a Rembrandt, whatever, small, long, little, not, not a very big painting. So he goes, he, he goes to the framing guy because it's a very expensive painting. It has to be framed correctly. He says, I want huge frame. I want it to be like two feet thick. I want it to have like wood, mirror, marble, another mirror, and then gold, gold leaf wood. I want, I want it like, I want it to take, I want the frame to be like, well, someone's going to walk into my house and be like, whoa! Guy says, in the framing store, what, what kind of painting do you have? He says, it's a Rembrandt. Oh no, don't do that. Not to a Rembrandt. That's what we're talking about. He says, no, just put a $20 frame, small little strip, just to, just to hold the painting. He says, are you crazy? You should put that up on my wall. My multi-million dollar house, people are going to walk in there and start laughing. He goes, it's a Rembrandt. He says, yeah, do what I want. So he builds this big frame, gorgeous, you never saw such a frame. Puts it on the wall, opening day, he's opening his house. He's going to have this big party, everyone's coming to the party, right? And of course, he's got a Rembrandt, man. There's not many people in America that have a Rembrandt, right? So he's like, by the door, come in, and he thinks everyone's going to be like, whoa! Every single person walks up to the painting, Oh my God, where did you get that frame? He's like, no, 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 it's, frame's nothing. It cost me $10,000. Rembrandt. Oh, that's also nice. 
where did you get that frame? Every guy walks in. His heart is rocking. This multi-million dollar painting and everyone's like, the frame? Takes the painting after everyone leaves. He goes back to the guy. He says, what did you sell me? Everyone's looking at the frame. Not at my painting. He goes, I told you. When you have a Rembrandt, you don't even have to frame it. You just put the painting on the wall. It's a multi, multi-million dollar painting. Why would you ruin it with the frame? It's the same thing I told this girl. I said, you, I told this girl, I said, you are Rembrandt. You are a soul that God brought into this world. You're billions. You're worth billions. The minute you roll up your sleeves and open your button and make your short, your, 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 your skirt short, anyone that looks at you, all they see is the frame. You're showing them the frame that's carrying the painting in your soul. You just wasted the Rembrandt. You might as well, in that huge frame, have put a $25 painting. Because no one's looking at the painting. Everyone's looking at the frame. So if they're all looking at the frame, why spend ten, why spend ten thousand dollars on the frame? Don't spend very you know. Don't buy. I mean, on the on the picture, don't buy a Rembrandt. Buy some uh, Israeli painter. She got for a thousand dollars. Put it in there. You know, anyway, we're going to point at the frame. I said, that's what you want your whole life, guys, and people who should point at the frame and say, wow. Meanwhile, they don't know your sensitivities. They don't know your kedusha. They don't know your potential. They don't even know who you are. They're just like, what a frame! So I said, so then you could have been a guy. You could have been known Nishama. What do you need Nishama for? Why putting a Rembrandt in there? If it's the frame, you don't need a Rembrandt. Put some eh, $20 painter from, 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 from Brooklyn somewhere and stick it in there. Anyway, anyway. I said, so why does she give you Nishama? If it's all about the frame, so no one's interested in the painting, they're all looking at you because they're wearing a short skirt. So, so, so what, why would I should make you a Jew? Make you a guy, you don't have a neshama. Okay, so the, the guyish world, Taka sells frames. Because there's no painting. There's no neshama, there's no tyra, there's no tzniyas, there's no spirituality, there's nothing there. So there, 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 there's no painting. So if you have a $25 painting, and you want to impress the people coming to the house, so you, you buy a $10,000 frame, and you put the $25 painting in it, and it looks like, wow! So that's the other world, 100%. France and Paris and, 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 and fashions and everything. Because they don't have anything. They have no painting. All they have is frame. So they're busy with the frame a whole day. Paris and, and fashions and, and everything that people wear or they don't wear, they're busy with the frame. The whole world, the frame, the frame, the frame. Because they don't have a painting. You don't have a painting, you got to have a frame. I said to her, I said, Shefla, you're in a shama. You're a Rembrandt of Rembrandt's. Who painted the neshama? God. God is Rembrandt here. God painted your neshama. And he puts the neshama in the world. And what do you do? You show everyone the frame? So he could have made you a guy. But he didn't make you a guy. He made you a Jew. So if everyone, when the, if he would have had that Rembrandt hanging on the wall in a little teeny frame in nothing, people wouldn't have looked at the frame. They would have come up and said, Oh! A Rembrandt. My God, where did you get this? An original? We're going crazy over the painting. Meanwhile, this guy spent millions. Nobody cares about a stupid painting. Look at that frame. 
I said to her, that's what you're doing. Forget the frame. It's not what it's about. Get the small frame. Cover up. Cover up everything. Don't show the frame. You cover up everything, and people are going to start noticing that you have an Hashemah made by Kodesh Baruch Hu. You're way above a Rembrandt. That's what people are going to notice. That you're Kodesh, that you're Tznua, that you're special, that you're Balas Chesed, that you help kids, that you help people. That, that I said, what are you doing? I said, so Hashem said right away, the minute they ate from the Eitz Adas, uh-oh, I got to cover up. You gotta cover up the frame, because otherwise that's all they're gonna be interested in the frame. Adam and Chava, they're people, they're people, they're the Shamas. Did it help? I have no idea. But it was definitely an impressive marshal. <laughs> and when I was listening, that's, that's what this is all about. Yet we're so busy, our house, our car, we're building this big frame, our money, our name, our coven. Everyone, you know who I am, you know what I have, you don't care to watch I wear, you know who I am. We're building up this huge frame, so you should all look at me. When you look at me, all you see is the frame. But, but you don't know who I am, you don't know my connection to Baruch Hu, and you don't know my soul, and you don't know my sensitivities, you know nothing. No, we know your car, man. Give me a ride, you know? We want to hang out in your house, we want to drink on Shabbos, Johnny Walker Blue. We want to go out to reserve cot. You know who I am? I got a whole table on the inside. You know what I am? So the more we see that, the more you're taking away from who you really are. And it's a very, very important lesson. We keep forgetting about the painting and we're just thinking about the frame. The frame is not worth anything. It's what's in the frame. It's it's who you are and what you are. It's being able to be misameach, to be happy when someone else is successful. But we start off the shir tonight to be an Aaron Akayan when you're told after 80 years of sweating in the trenches with the people, crying with them, laughing with them, making shalom with them, and Hashem shows up and says, You're not the leader. Your brother who has nothing to do with them. He's the leader. And instead of Aaron just saying, okay, you're God, I accept, he said, I am so happy. He probably was very happy after that, after what Moshe went through. He probably was like, thank God, but to have those midos, you've got to spend more time on the painting and less time on the frame. May we all be zeicha to paint a very beautiful painting in our lives to bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Have a good night. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.